Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The cream of the crop. Final move. Realest guys in the room. How you doing? Do I have everybody's attention now? Hello and welcome back to the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host Scotty Wrestling. This week we have plenty on tap as NXT, AEW, Raw, SmackDown all delivered some pretty big shows. Plus we will talk about the rumors of Jay White that have pretty much come out since my last recording. And we will also preview the 10th anniversary of Stardom that happens this weekend. So... As always, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So let us start off with last week's SmackDown episode. It ended up being a pretty monumental show. Um, You know, we ended up getting this gauntlet match where the winner would go on to the Royal Rumble. You know, one of the big four pay-per-views, so that's massive in itself. We'll go on to the big four pay-per-view against Roman Reigns for the Universal title. The uh, competitors to start the night, at least, were Shinsuke Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, King Corbin, Rey Mysterio, and Sami Zayn. So, let's dig into what happened. Adam Pearce was added to this match because Roman Reigns was angry that he could not pick his own opponent. And, clearly, he just kind of wanted a night off. Because he's a heel champion. And Reigns was in his element once again here. Getting in the face of Pierce. Trying to essentially bully him. Into giving him what he wants. But Pierce held his ground. And as the night went on. Pierce was added to the match. So let's get to the match. The main event of the night. Sami Zayn's complaining. Rey Mysterio beats him in what's got to be 30 seconds. Alright, clean up. Then Shinsuke Nakamura makes his way down to the ring. After a good back and forth between these two, Shinsuke eliminates him. You see, you know, that that's where I was like, okay, that's cool. Good for Shinsuke, you know, that he got that um, got that pin. Happy for him. But as we continue on, King Corbin comes down. I, was like, uh, I could see King Corbin get this fall and then, you know, ultimately Daniel Bryan wins the night. But Shinsuke Nakamura managed to also pin King Corbin in the middle of the ring with a Kinshasa, one, two, three. So Daniel Bryan comes down to the ring. At this point, you got to be believing. Yeah, okay. So Shinsuke's gone through two, but Shinsuke hasn't been much of anything. So why would he, you know, get this shot? And he ended up beating Daniel Bryan in the middle of the ring. And it felt like one of those moments that we've seen in the past years whether it be Seth Rollins running the gauntlet, pinning both Roman Reigns and John Cena in the same gauntlet, or the bigger one where Kofi Kingston essentially created his own story to go to WrestleMania and win the WWE Championship. This felt like that to a little lesser degree. It doesn't help that there's no fans in attendance. I think had that happened, we would be seeing a real turn for Shinsuke. But uh, Shinsuke pretty much won. Um, But when... 
you have to remember the part where Adam Pearce was added to the match. And this is when Roman Reigns and Jey Uso came down, beat down Nakamura, and then Pierce was looking at him, got super kicked by Jey Uso, put on top of Nakamura to win the match and earn a shot at the Royal Rumble where he will face Roman Reigns for the Universal title. For those who don't know, Adam Pierce is a former NWA world champion during his time in wrestling. He has not wrestled in six years, however. I believe he spent a lot of his time in Ring of Honor. Um, but I, I highly doubt Pierce ends up wrestling this match at the Rumble. And I could see Nakamura being slotted into that role for him. Um, Nakamura will face Jey Uso on SmackDown this week. So there's clearly this push going on with Nakamura that's all that's very sudden because it was only a month ago where we saw Nakamura pinned in less than three minutes by Otis. And I remember people on social media were like, look what they've done to Shinsuke. Which is totally fair because Shinsuke is a guy who came over from Japan with all this buzz, all this popularity. And outside of his NXT career and early WWE career, it's been kind of a fail. Um, he's never won the world title, and that's that. But we're entering his time now. He is a former Royal Rumble winner, and I'm excited to see where this angle goes because we still have the Kevin Owens aspect of this as well with, you know, Roman Reigns, and Roman can do no wrong. So whoever Roman Reigns faces... I, I feel like it'll be a good story. And Shinsuke now has a story with him. Daniel Bryan has a story with him that we have not really entered yet fully. Kevin Owens does. And Adam Pearce does if they want to go the Adam Pearce route. I'm wondering where we go with this. But it's very intriguing. And it's the reason SmackDown's WWE's best show right now. Um, let's talk Big E versus Apollo Crews. That also happened on SmackDown. Um, there was a faulty finish where they both were pinned in the middle of the ring, both shoulders down. So Apollo's man is like, restart the match. Biggie's like, no, that was the result. So then he slaps Biggie in the face. Biggie's like, okay, okay, let's go. And this is where Serious Big E comes in. And to me, Serious Big E is untouchable. Like, this is a guy that when he gets into this form, he is a completely different performer, and I love Serious Big E. And I, I think this is the Big E we'll get when he eventually wins the world title. Um, he eventually beat Cruz in the middle of the ring, and that was that. And then my final, my final piece of SmackDown was simply on Roman again. He's in an untouchable form right now. He is the best thing going in WWE, and I'm really wondering what point do they take the title off of him? Um, I don't think WrestleMania he should lose it. SummerSlams when we probably should start considering because right now everything he touches is turning into gold. He's been champion since August, and I don't see that ending anytime soon. On to Monday Night Raw. Uh, let's see what we have to talk about Raw. So Drew McIntyre. It was announced on Monday afternoon that Drew McIntyre has COVID. So that, you know, completely changed all the Raw plans and could change Royal Rumble plans. We don't know yet. It seems he's asymptomatic, but again, we can't be for certain. So this led WWE to bring back Triple H 
to fight Randy Orton in the main event. I was not interested in this at all. Um, you know, 2020 was the first year Triple H hadn't wrestled the match in I forget how many years. But, uh, like, I don't know. Who asked for this? I didn't. And it's no offense to Triple H. It's just it, it felt unnecessary because they were trying to pop a big rating. It's the national championship game for college football. And there was just no way. And that raw number continuously goes down. And until they do a complete turnaround of this show, the way it's written, who's writing it, this show is going to keep dying a death. I I have in my ro- notes, Raw still sucks, and it's true. Raw does not get better any of these weeks. It just continuously stinks, and I don't know what it's going to take to fix this. Well, I do, and it's the removal of it's the removal of Vince McMahon. But we all know that's not going to happen. We we do. We know that's not going to happen. So it it becomes it becomes difficult to get your hopes up for Raw. It does. Um, it's the worst wrestling show on television every week. And they have the talent, but they need more talent. They need more talent to push. Uh, Keith Lee, speaking of talent, won twice. Um, he teamed up with Sheamus to beat Miz and Morrison, and then he defeated Sheamus after. So I guess that was a good sign for Keith Lee heading into the Rumble. But there's just so many things wrong with this show. There's so many things wrong. Um, I'm sick of the Fiend stuff. It's just it's just bad. And Retribution's a dead angle. Um, unfortunately, Mustafa Ali's just getting wasted in it, and uh, I don't I don't know what can fix that either. Uh, I think. Dijak got a win over Xavier Woods because I believe Kofi Kingston broke his jaw so Xavier Woods has this little run by himself. I'd actually love if they let Woods get like a United States Championship match against Bobby Lashley or something. He doesn't have to win it. I think it would just be a fun match for him because Xavier Woods is quite good. Uh, But yeah, Raw is unwatchable. So let's get to the stuff that matters this week. This is where I feel necessary to talk about the Bailey interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, I believe it's the Broken Skull Sessions on the WWE Network. This was great. This was a great interview. Um, Bailey was very open. Bailey was able to, you know, show who she really is, and who she really is is more so that hug, that huggable character. But. It, it was nice to see her just be herself here. Um, explain her road to where she was. Um, Stone Cold was such a big fan of hers. You could tell when he was talking to her. This was one of my favorite interviews he's done since he came back with these sessions. Um, it may just be right behind the Undertaker's in terms of quality for me. I liked what they were discussing. Um her talking about the four horsewoman and her relationship with Sasha was just, you know, we've heard some of it before, 
but it, it never hurts to hear again. Um, the pressure she felt and the frustration she had, whether it was while well, she was still in NXT and the other three horsewomen were up, or during that stretch where she started getting booed on the main roster, and it took nearly two years for her to turn heel and flip that switch. Like, this was in an interview that it was it was her confirming a lot of stuff that we figured and 2020 was the year of Bailey in WWE for me i've said that before she was my superstar of the year in 2020 and it was nice to hear her at the end of the year talk about her success and talk about everything she put into this i think that was great um so yeah I definitely recommend you go check that interview out on the WWE Network and enjoy it. So let's talk about the biggest news possibly in wrestling right now. Um, I feel like we keep hearing more and more. There's more clues and whatnot of what could possibly be happening. So I believe it was Super Jcast, the podcast that tweeted they've they've broken some new japan stories in the past that jay white there's a 50 50 uh, chance he leaves new japan pro wrestling and possibly goes to wwe and now for me this is stunning because jay white i'm a big fan of jay white i'm a big fan of what he brings to the table his um, charisma and his promos are out of this world and he he would fit the wwe world like a glove so that's why when I hear this, I'm like, okay, this could be pretty good. Now, I understand the possible anger of fans and the possible sadness if he was to move. Because New Japan, you know, it gives you a lot more freedom. And that goes without saying. But, listen, Jay White has a home here in the States. Um... And he's only 28, so even if he decided to go to WWE, he has that avenue behind him. And Jay White is literally the perfect WWE superstar. He can talk, he can wrestle, and he looks like a star. I understand Vince McMahon tends to mess people up. But I think, I wonder if he would go straight to the main roster or not. He's going to get paid big money. But I'm thinking more maybe of the Nakamura contract. Um, I said in the past couple you know, days, weeks, that it could mirror the Omega offer that Kenny was being offered right before he joined AEW. But the more I've thought about it, maybe it's a Nakamura-type offer, a big offer to join NXT kind of take that by the horns because listen Adam Cole is not going to be there forever he's been their signature guy for past four years I don't uh, that might be an overestimation but it's pretty close um, he's done it all and he's gonna have to move on soon Triple H is looking for that next guy and I don't think carrying cross is that answer Finn Balor certainly not that answer Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, they're not the answers. And after that, you you have a men's division that's 
that's looking for some answers, I feel. So, a Jay White addition to WWE, whether it be NXT or the main roster, could be massive if they treat him correctly. Now, do I think Jay White is going to head to New Japan? I mean, head to WWE? No, I don't. I think he stays with New Japan because I know he likes it there, and I know he never had any plans of leaving. He said that in interviews before. But we do have some clues. Um, he is being advertised for the New Japan Cup, which I believe is in March. I believe that starts in March. But he's also been removed from the roster page on New Japan's website. So... Either this is going to be a very big angle with White, which is very possible after his uh, post-Wrestle Kingdom promo, or he's actually leaving. And I think a redemption story for Jay White in New Japan would be the perfect story because he he is a great heel. Maybe the best heel in wrestling. But he's so likable in terms of things he does outside of New Japan that you know he would be an even possibly an even better babyface. And I understand, you know, you, you how many redemption stories or stories you're gonna do like that because we've had the Naito one, we just had the Abushi one. Could we do Jay White for another year? I, I don't know. I don't know if they'd be willing to do that, but I, I would especially to keep him. Um I think Jay White is very much worth the price of admission. Um, and I'm interested to see where he ends up. I don't think he goes to WWE, but if he was too, I think he would be in his element and I think he would be taken care of very well. He would be in an AJ style situation. I feel, um, they would see how good he is and he would be one of the faces of the company almost immediately. And at the age of 28, he's younger than pretty much everyone they have. So, I would be interested in seeing what happened there. But, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, let's get into the AEW and NXT stuff. Then we will finish up with the Stardom Preview. So, AEW New Year's Bash. There was a lot of things going on here. This was night two, the final night of the New Year's Bash. The big, the big shows to kick off the year are now over. Um, as you can tell, if you ever see their... If you go and see their schedule, it's uh, not their schedule. Their card for next week, it's pretty trash. And when I say trash, I mean it's just not it's just not ideal. So you'll get you'll get the idea of what I'm saying here. But what I'm also saying is this show was great. Um, we had the inner circle New Year's resolution shit, where we were trying to pick. Where uh, someone was going to become the official tag team of the group. And this is where I want to talk about Santana and Ortiz. Because this was the first time they seemed to be finally fed up with the treatment they've had in the inner circle as the tag team. And, and AEW. Because since they've signed... They haven't been treated right at all. They haven't been treated right. And to me. They deserve far better. They are one of the best tag teams in AEW. Possibly top three. Um, If you have the Young Bucks at one. I wouldn't be opposed if you said them at two. Or the Lucha Bros at 
two or a few other teams. Like they are loaded with tag teams, but they haven't been treated well. And next week we will have Jericho and MJF team up versus Hager and Guevara versus Santana and Ortiz to decide the tag team of the inner circle. And truthfully, I'm hoping Santana and Ortiz lose and leave the inner circle because they deserve to be in the title picture. And this is a problem AEW has with multiple people. Now, the Lucha Bros are finally being used in multiple ways, whether it be as Death Triangle or helping Moxley against uh, the Elite. That's really cool. But for much of the time AEW's been around had these guys signed, they haven't used them. Um, Satoru Ortiz have been signed for over a year, and it's hard to think of all the tag matches they've had outside of that back uh, backstage brawl. Or whatever the parking lot brawl, um, and then you get the Lucha Bros who haven't really fought in any tag team stuff much when it comes to trying to contend for titles. But they did kick the Young Bucks on AEW this week in helping Moxley, and that could be something they're doing. So I'll take that. And you know, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson also a team that they haven't really used to their advantage. A team that, when they originally debuted, I wasn't, like, huge on them by any means. I wasn't. I'll openly admit that. But since then, I've become very big fans. And they have great matches. They're great at what they do. And you'd think they'd want to use the Dark Order tag team, the Dark Order, more and more now. So I'm hoping, mostly for Santana Ortiz, that this resolution match is their ticket either out of the inner circle or ticket to the title picture, because they f- very much deserve that. Um, let's talk about the Elite segment here. So, I kind of talked about it a little. Um, it was supposed to be the return, or the... Uh, not return, but... The reformation of the Elite in a tag team match. First time in a while. Uh, Kenny Omega makes his way out to the ring. And Don Callis introduces Gallus and Anderson. Instead of Matt and Nick Jackson. As the Elite. Uh, they ended up beating Griff Garrison. Grayson. Whatever the fuck his name is. Brian Pillman. And I don't remember the other name. Oh. Uh, Limelight. Which isn't shocking. They of course beat them. But. Uh. This is an interesting angle. Clearly, this has to lead to a match at Revolution between Gals, Anderson, and the Young Bucks. Because if it doesn't, I don't know what they're trying to do here. Um, the only other things I have from AWR Pack and the Lucha Bros continuously are the best part of the show, I feel, every week. Consistently. You know, Kenny's great, but Kenny's not always on the show. Um... That's really all I would give credit to. I think Pack, the Pack Eddie Kingston, Lance Archer story is cultivating. I think it's great television, and we saw Pack beat Eddie Kingston in what I thought was an excellent match, um, one of the better ones of the year so far. And it was physical, and it's they're far from done. That's what's most exciting about this angle. So. You know, Pack and Lucha Bros, keep doing what you're doing. I am all in on these three. 
And hopefully those trio tag team titles come around. And then let's talk Cage and Darby Allen. Uh, they main evented for the TNT Championship. A brutal match in terms of just the what both men went through. It was very entertaining. There was a weird, weird botch where Brian Cage just didn't kick out at all. And uh, they counted the three. But the, the uh, applaud to the announcers and those involved. They didn't act like that happened. But it was clear Darby already beat Brian Cage before the end. Uh, Sting actually did something. Sting hit the people with the baseball bat. I don't know. Uh, I can't think of the name. Ricky Starks. He hit Ricky Starks with the baseball bat. Actually moved. So, baby steps, people. Baby steps. Um, but that was that was a good match. Very, very entertaining. Uh, the, the David Goliath story was told well. And Darby looked like a badass. Uh, he kicked out at one multiple times. It was kind of like uh, what Drew McIntyre does in WWE. But I liked seeing Darby go through all this pain and just, you know, battle back. Darby Allen is a very interesting story. Moving forward, and by the way, that new TNT Championship looks wonderful. Beautiful belt. But I'm very interested to see what's next for Team Taz because Cage lost in the middle of the ring. Plain and simple. So, what really is next for him? I'm not sure. And, I mean, it was it was a win in terms of he didn't lose momentum or anything, but... At the same time, when is he going to get a big win? You know, when's he when's he gonna get that big win? So that's just that's just my final thoughts on AEW. Um, next week's show doesn't look great from you know now, but AEW has been impressive a lot of the time. So I'm not gonna get my hopes down about it at all. I'm looking forward to it. On to NXT. NXT was a big show this week. Uh, Pete Dunne and Killer, Killer Cross. Karrion Cross, Both pretty much put their um, hands in to try and get an NXT championship match with Finn Balor. Uh, Scarlett did a video where she pretty much informed everyone that Cross's next victim will be Finn Balor because he wants that title back. But Pete Dunne had no problem making it known to Finn Balor that this was his time. His time was coming, and he wants that title. So this comes back in the main event, but let's talk about a few things from the show. Where is Io Shirai? Um, Is she hurt? Is she selling the Mercedes Martinez injury? That could be it. Io Shirai needs to be on the show more. Io Shirai is the best, and that's that. I can't tell you much more other than Io Shirai needs to be on the show more. Thank you. Um, we learned about teams for the Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. None of them too shocking. Um, Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez will team. That's a pretty cool team. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart and, and Ember Moon will team. That should be fun. Casey Catanzaro and Kaden Carter. As well as Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Those are the only four that's been announced so far. I do expect Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. And then we'll see the other bunch of teams they make. But those are the teams we have so far. And it's going to be a fun tournament. Uh, they start next week, the women's. So 
and that we should get the bracket by. Speaking of brackets, let's talk about the men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. So the, I believe it was released that day, and in the top right corner, there was a mystery team called MSK. And rumors were running rampant all day long. Who could it be? Was it going to be the former Rascals, Zachary Wentz and Desmond Xavier? The answer was yes. They faced off with Isaiah Swerve Scott and Jake Atlas under the new name of MSK. And Zachary Wentz is now Nash Carter. And Desmond Xavier is now Wes Lee. Um, if, you've, if you're a Rush Hour fan, you got to love it. You're going to love those names. Um, they showed out. They showed out in every single way. They instantly became one of the best parts of NXT on a weekly basis. Desmond Xavier is going to be a superstar if they allow him to be. Um, Zachary Wentz is incredible. And this is a real great tag team. If they get to the finals and face a grizzled young veterans or someone of that sort, I wouldn't be at all shocked. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's talk Zia Lee. Zia Lee had her second match um, since returning, and she's still a fucking badass. Everything about Zia Lee is awesome right now. Uh, we still don't know who her, like, emperor is. Um, I, I, I don't know what we're going to be calling her, but uh, I think emperor would be pretty cool. Um, Zia Lee knocked the lights out of the girl she was facing with a punch, then hit her spinning kick for the one, two, three, and then she pretty much sacrificed her to her emperor or empress. Um, I believe it's a woman, so empress. Uh, and it, everything about the presentation of Zia Lee right now is awesome. And I don't know where this push is going, but if it's going towards the title in a few months, I'm okay with that because Zia Lee is fucking awesome. I already said it. She deserves this push. You know, she she's learned the WWE way now, and she has a great skill set that is awesome for this company. She only adds to a packed division even that much more. And she's one of the must-see things on NXT on a weekly basis. Final final NXT talk is the Undisputed Era faced off with Breezango in the main event to move on in the next round of the Dusty Rose Classic. There was a chance here that the Undisputed Era were going to lose. A real chance. Um, and it's funny because I wrote an article saying I think they're going to win it. This was before I knew MSK was in the tournament at all. Um, they might have been my pick. And I was between the Undisputed Era and the Grizzled Young Vets to win it all. So I found it interesting that the Undisputed Era came very close to losing. But they're kind of feuding with uh, Birch and Lorcan and Dunn again because they took out Kyle O'Reilly. And that makes me think, is there a chance they win this tournament and get that tag team title shot and win those tag team titles? I think there's a very good chance of that. So, NXT was really good. And what they have for them going the next couple weeks is the Dusty Road Classics for both the men's and women's. That will be great content, great tag team wrestling moving forward. And I'm very much looking forward to all of it.
So, our final piece of business for this week. Yes, it will be a short show. There's not too much to go over um, crazy, but there will be plenty of reviewing of the Stardom 10th Anniversary Show, which we are about to preview right now. So, let's jump into it. This show is headlined by Utami Hayashishita versus Micah um, for the Red Belt. But it also has an incredible co-main event for the Wonder of Stardom Championship as it will be a no-rules match as Julia defends against Natsuka Tora, which uh, that match, is to me, is the match to see. I'm excited for Micah and Tommy, don't get me wrong, but that is the match of the day. Because what that match could be could be very good. Um, Natsuko's great in the no DQ, no rule situation. That's her thing. And Julia, to me, has some of the better matches of her career when she brawls. Um, I continuously look at her match with Hana Kimura last year um, at the, or in the end of 2019 on the year-end show. Like, that is one of my favorite matches. I rewatched it this week. It was, it's just so good. So I'm very excited for the show. Let's let's go through the matches and let me... I'll give a little prediction while I'm at So the Future of Stardom Championship. Saya Ida defends against Unagi Sayaka. I'm picking Saya. She just won it. And it would be a crime to have Saya lose it. I'm excited for all of these matches. This is the first time I, like, have have full interest in every single match because, you know, I have my favorites and especially since I'm not watching it live, I never feel the need. I have to watch every single match, but this time I will be. And I'm picking Saya easily, but again, that's going to be a fun match because Unagi's very good. She impresses me. Um, high speed championship. Azumi challenges or defends against Kaori Yoniyama. Um, Many know as Death's um, Death, um, Go Go Kinjin Death, most recently, but Uzumi wanted the real version of her for this match, and we got it. We got it here, and this is gonna be awesome. Um, I'm still picking Uzumi to successfully defend because, as I predicted last week, this would be Uzumi's year. So. It'd be pretty bad on me to just think she'd lose right off the bat. But this is going to be a fun one. This match is maybe my Dark Horse match of the night. Natsupoi faces off with Konami. Konami's one of my favorites, as is. So her face off with Natsupoi, who I've watched a lot of matches of the past week and become a real fan. I'm very excited for this. Um, I'm going to pick Konami to win. But I really don't know. That's why I like predicting stardom. Because I honestly have no fucking clue. But it's fun for me. Because it's also my favorite product to watch. Um, then we got Tam Nakano versus Starlight Kid. You gotta love Starlight Kid. She's you know trying to stand up for Mayu. And she's going singles action against Tam. Tam's winning this, by the way. But Starlight Kid's gonna put up a fight. This match is gonna be fun. This match is gonna be... One that you, you know, if you look at them, you're not, if you look at them from the outside looking in, you're not going to expect this brawl that they're going to have, but this is going to be, this is going to be an awesome brawl. This is going to be a fun fight between these two, and I'm very much looking forward to it. The elimination tag. This match has my two favorites, so it's 
carrying a lot of uh, interest for me. Mayu Iwatani teamed with Ruaka. Uh, I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Uh, versus Bia Priestley and Saki Kishima versus Suri and Hamika versus Momo Watanabe and Saya Kamatani. Four-way elimination tag. Never heard anybody. Um, it's funny that Priestley's teaming with Saki and not Konami. I find that funny because they're the tag team champions, so you would think they would defend them, but hey, we already have two title matches. Nope, three. Four title matches. We don't need five. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing who wins this because personally I'd have Momo and Saya win, but it could go anyway, and the winner could earn themselves a tag team title shot. So, unless it's Bia and Saki, then that would make no sense at all. All right, moving on. So, Julia versus Natsuko Tora. I spoke about this earlier. Um, I've had, I've tried to get expert analysis on this one because my heart says Julia will win, but my brain says this could be Natsuko's time. And truthfully, it should be Natsuko's time. I'm taking Natsuko Tora to win this match and become the white belt champion. She's she's deserved the title as the leader of a Wado tie since taking over uh, for Kagetsu. And this would be a great way. And for me, this is how you allow Julia to go for the red belt without making a double champion, which we have been oversaturated in wrestling with for the past year. Uh, so yeah, Julia... To me, we'll lose, and Tora will be the white uh, white belt champion. I don't think Tora's run will be super long by any means, but it'll be good. It'll be good, and it will be fresh. Now the main event: the World of Stardom Championship is on the line as Utami defends against Micah. Utami's winning here. I don't think that's really a question, but this is going to be a great match. Um, huge spot for these two to main event. The 10th anniversary show. Um, to me, Mayu should be doing that, but that's besides the point. I won't. I won't complain too much. But I'm looking forward to this entire show, and I hopefully, hopefully, you are all as well. So, otherwise, this week we're wrapped up. You can follow me at Scotty Wrestling on Twitter. You can check out all my articles at. The last word on sports.com slash pro wrestling, as well as check out all of my match ratings on my Twitter it is the pin tweet. The document is there. It's pretty much every match I watch from beginning to end that I have any interest in. Um, we have, I think four matches four and above this year. Otherwise, you know, there's a lot from the bottom to the top. It, it's been a fun start to the year, and I'm looking forward to it. So definitely join on in there. Otherwise, this was the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host, Scotty Wrestling. Have a safe one, everyone, and we will see you next week.
遊びが来るでしょう。